In this episode, Megan goes through the live case chainsaw pants. It was as funny as it sounds, and it's a really interesting case. There was some pretty challenging math, and we did the case Deloitte style, so she had to gather all of the information from beginning to end. Watch as Megan struggles and ultimately succeeds by the end of the case to get a real live view of what a case interview looks like. Hey, amazing. Welcome, everyone. We are excited to have you here today. We have a really fun and energetic guest, which is awesome for what we're going to do. So Megan, would you like to say hello to everyone? Sure. Hi, everybody. Um, A little bit about me. So I'm a fifth year at Ohio State. I'm actually a chemistry major. So sort of switching from a research background to a career in consulting. So I'm really excited for this opportunity and to get some really good constructive feedback uh, moving forward in my interviews. Yeah, dog. Awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you just before we get started um, with the case, a little bit more about your casing history so that we can make sure that this is going to be the perfect view of what we need from you um, at the at the beginning and what we can do for you inside the session to make sure that it goes the furthest, the fastest. Let me now just get a little bit of background on you. Just tell us a little bit about your casing process. When did you decide that you wanted to do cases? How have you learned about cases? You know, what are some of the things that you have drawn on in your resourcing for cases? And then we're going to dive into the case today. Sure. So I actually didn't realize that I wanted to transition into consulting probably until last spring semester. So this has been a fairly new thing and I didn't really start heavily casing until May. Um, I've now, I think this will be about my 30th case. And I've mainly been casing with other students my age, as well as full-time consultants with different firms. So kind of a breadth of practice and feedback from a lot of different people. Um, So I've gradually tailored sort of what firms that I want to target uh, and sort of my style of casing, I guess. So I think that this will be a really good time to definitely sort of cut out the little wrinkled edges of my process and really tailor it to getting those final interviews and offers. Come on. That's what it's all about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, Megan, I think we're going to have a lot of fun in the case today. This is a Deloitte style case. So I know that you're applying to MBB firms, the big four, as well as a lot of boutique firms. I know that your focus is on healthcare and life sciences. And as I told you in our pre-call beforehand, there will be none of that in this case today. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe maybe there's like a little corner of it that somehow applies, but really this is going to be something totally different in the way that you would get a completely different case. You're not interviewing at a senior enough level that I would only give you cases in your field of choice or in your field of background. And so you could get hamburgers and you could get healthcare. So, um, so we're going to find some mix in between today. Um, I, the one thing that I just really want to point out more than anything about Deloitte is that while they care about structure, while they care about your clarity of the way that you walk through things, the actual number one core value of a Deloitte interview is that you've got to be nice and you need to be having fun. And so I really hope that as we walk through the case today, you can remember that if I'm pushing you or, or diving back in, just keep the relatability going. Keep the conversation going. Um, Make sure that the ultimate impression that we get from you is one that is like, yes, we would want to work from you, work with you. Uh, And if we can do that, then I think we're going to have a win across the session today. Okay, great. So any final questions from you before we dive into the case? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm good to go. Great. So today's case is called Chainsaw Pants. 
Chainsaw Pants is a case that is focused on an industry that I had not thought of before creating this case. And so I am really interested to see what you come up with. <laughs> Our client today is a company called High Low. They're a uniform producer in Australia that focuses on four key product lines, medical uniforms, hotel uniforms, restaurant uniforms, and manufacturing. There are other segments of the market that our client is currently considering. The options include uniforms for the mining industry, the agriculture and forestry industry, and the transportation industry. The CEO has done some preliminary research and believes that the agriculture and forestry industry presents a big opportunity for the business. Specifically, he has an in-house designer who has created a design for a new pair of chainsaw pants. Heavy-duty pants meant to protect major arteries from potential chainsaw accidents. The CEO wants us to take a look at the market for chainsaw pants to see if it's a good market for growth for Hilo. And specifically, we're focusing on the introduction of this pant type to the agriculture and forestry industry. Do you have any questions about the background? Um, I'm just going to go through sort of what I took notes on and make sure that I have the information correctly. So our client today is Hilo, which is a sort of uniform manufacturer within the Australian market. They have a few different types of uh, uniforms, except now they're looking to sort of expand the breadth of their products and want to pursue potentially the mining, transportation, agriculture, or forestry uniforms. So they currently have an in-house designer and they're working on chainsaw pants. Interesting, something I've definitely never heard of or considered, but it seems like this is sort of a uh, way to reduce the health hazard of potentially cutting your legs and getting into major arteries. There's that health spot that I like. But um, so we are really trying to understand if the market has the potential where high-low could enter this space. And if we should pursue the agricultural and forestry side of the industry specifically, uh, do I have that correct? Absolutely. One thing that I just want to make clear because mm -hmm. of the virtual environment that we're in is sure. that there are three industries. Agriculture and forestry is one industry. It's just oh, it's one the together. Two That's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is just one of the three potential industries that they're looking correct. into. Correct. Okay. That's combined. Okay. Perfect. One, two, and three. All right. And so the major question that we're asking right now is what does this market for these chainsaw pants look like, correct? That's right. Okay, great. Um, I think that those are my only questions as of right now then. Great. All right. So when I'm going into this, I just want to take a few minutes to kind of uh, set up a format for how I'm going to uh, communicate with you about uh, my decision and how to move forward. Is it okay if I take a few minutes to structure my thoughts? Sounds good. Go for it. Perfect. Thanks. One of the challenges candidates face when trying to prep for case interviews is using old cases that are from case books that everyone has been using since 1995. If you're interested in up-to-date cases with real-time solutions that include level one, level two, and level three answers, and over 500 of them, you can check it out at managementconsulted.com. In addition, for a free taster, we have every month a free case of the month. So make sure that you log on, grab that, and get started today. All right. So when looking into determining whether or not we should enter this market, I want to look into a few major areas. First would be the, the agricultural and forestry industry specifically. Uh, second, our customers, or at least target basis. 
Um, three would be the product, our chainsaw pants. And then finally would be the financials of our company. So first, when looking into the industry specifically, um, I'm going to assume that we're looking into the just the Australian market. But really quick, um, is that where we will be uh, producing or at least marketing our pants or are we exploring a different market? We'll, ex- we'll be exclusive in Australia now. Australia. Okay, perfect. All right. So we're staying within um, the area that we sell, I would assume, our uniforms now. So within this industry, I want to understand what the agricultural forestry industry looks like. Uh, is there growth and maybe the number of workers within this industry or uh, maybe a decrease? Because this will really give me an idea of if our potential customer basis would be growing or declining. And then I would assume that there are no similar products right now in terms of chainsaw pants, but I would assume when working with equipment like that, there are other safety methods um, or precautions that are taken. So what are those methods currently? Is there clothing involved? Um, Are there other products that our customers are using that this would maybe replace? Um, And how do kind of um, these pants like fit into that space? So then we're looking at our customers. When I'm thinking chainsaw pants in the agriculture and forestry industry, I'm thinking of lumberjacks or uh, people working on farms with different crops um, and really needing these sort of heavy sort of tools. And so who are they? Um, How big is that population within Australia specifically, since that's where we'll be marketing our product? And then also, how will we be reaching our customers? So what do our channels look like in terms of distribution as well as marketing? Um, So how will we be reaching our customers? Um, And then also, again, like I mentioned, looking at how big that customer basis is. Then three, um, looking into the product specifically. So when I'm thinking of the product, I also want to consider what our pricing strategy would be, which might be a little bit further down the line. Um, but understanding what benefit we bring to our customers and why they should buy it. Um, So this could go into maybe a value-based pricing strategy um, or cost-based considering I wouldn't, I would assume that we don't have much competition in the chainsaw pants area. And then finally, I want to look at the financials. So when introducing um, a product to the market, there's going to be, of course, this first uh, sort of investment phase. And so what is that R&D cost going to look like? Uh, Have we already developed the pants? Um, Which it looks like since we have this in-house design, it might be a little bit easier, sort of, um, um, I guess, pushed a little bit quicker than it would be if we were going from the ground up. So sort of what kind of manufacturing practices are we going to have to incorporate? Will we have to hire new employees? So all these things are going to add to sort of this upfront cost when moving into this market. So we want to make sure that it's feasible for us um, and that the profit that we would be gaining would be substantial enough to kind of counter out this um, investment cost. So as I mentioned, the industry area is sort of specifically what I want to look into, especially since we're wondering if we should um, be introduced into this market. So first, I'd really like to size our market for the chainsaw pants. Um, And so when looking into this, uh, I kind of want to take a top-down approach looking at the population of Australia and then kind of getting a little bit deeper into what the people within the agricultural and forestry industry would look like. Um, So off the top of my head, I don't know the population of Australia. Do you have that number? 
I do. And I, I actually think that this would be good. I'm not going to have you go through the exercise, but I do want you to tell okay. me what you think you would find from it. Um, sure. So I, in terms of Australia, I know that they have more of a very dry climate. I kind of think, I guess I think of the outback when I think Australia. Um, and so I'm not sure how big their uh, farming or forestry sort of industry looks like. So to me, I guess I automatically think this would be a very small percentage um, okay. of the population. So I'm thinking we're looking at very niche customer basis. And so um, I have data that might be somewhat similar, but not exactly the same. Why don't okay. you walk me through what your structure would be to size this market? And then I, I might have related data that would kind of tell us a similar, but okay. a, a related story, related data that would tell us a related story. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. So when I'm thinking about this, um, sort of doing this top-down approach, I'm going to look at the population. Um, okay. I'm going to want to, I think, take a more um, maybe role or like career perspective on this. Um, so kind of taking it from the population to maybe specific size of like what kind of jobs are within the agriculture or forestry industry. I'm trying to make maybe an approximation of what percentage of the population is going to be within those groups. Um, and then from there, since we are looking at chainsaw pants specifically, um, I would want to understand what basis of that industry would actually be interested in using it. So maybe how many people are using heavy equipment um, or even just like working with other instrumentation or tools that might need that protective aspect um, of a uniform. So then going into that, I would, again, sort of take a percentage of that population and maybe add in some people that are outside of that industry that might use chainsaws to get rid of trees in their yard. I'm not sure. Um, so kind of this added percentage uh, from outside the agricultural and forestry industry that might add to our customer basis. Okay, awesome. So let me just recap that to you, make sure I got the same thing that you have um, the population of Australia, then the the percentage of the population that's working in the agriculture and forestry segment, mm -hmm. um, recognizing that not all of those would need chainsaw pants, the percentage of yep. those that would use chainsaw pants, mm -hmm. um, and then some others that might use chainsaw pants that are not necessarily working in the industry. Yes. Um, is, was that the end point or did I miss something after that? I just wanted to double check. That yeah. would probably be the end point right there. Okay. So that would be our potential buyers, right? Yes. The, the market for potential buyers. Is there anything else that we would need to assess this market maybe more comprehensively so, um, mm -hmm. before deciding to go into it? Because buyers might be one element, but not the whole thing. Sure. So when looking at the more quantitative aspect of this, um, I would want to understand what either put the potential price point of the chainsaw pants is, or even looking at more protective gear specifically, um, sort of taking kind of a leeway from the pants Whereas instead we could look at what the pricing of typical protective gear is um, and use that to sort of make more of this broader uh, basis of like, what does this protective gear space potentially hold in terms of market share? Because that's where we would be entering um, with the chainsaw pants. Okay, awesome. 
So I have some of the data that you've asked me for. It may or okay. may not be um, enough to do what you've um, asked. But it, it, I, what I want to make clear about this data is that it's um, it's data that is widely available. However, okay. it's not the exact data that you wanted. <laughs> and so That's you're okay. going to have to make whatever interpretive, yeah, take the interpretive <laughs> lens that you need okay. um, through this data um, to talk about it. In addition, this data is actually for all three of the segments that okay. are potential segments for us to go into. So um, the first segment is mining. Um, the number of workers in the mining space, there are 200,000 employees in mining in Australia. All right. Okay. About 75% of them buy uniforms. And so that's the proxy that I have. I don't have chainsaw pants or pants. That's all right. Um, but I do have uniforms. Um, and the price per uniform um, for the uh, mining industry is 150 Australian dollars. The um, agriculture and forestry industry, 250,000 workers, 60% buy uniforms, and $120 per uniform. Mm -hmm. And then finally, transportation, the transportation industry, there are 100,000 workers, 80% of them buy uniforms, and they're $60 per uniform on average. Okay, great. So when looking at this, uh, I not only want to understand if it would be good to enter the agricultural and forestry industry, but kind of which of our three options would be the best to look into since we kind of, since we have more of this collective data. So when looking at this, um, I'm going to get the market size for all three different areas. Um, in order to do that, since we understand what percentage of the workers are buying uniforms, um, I'm going to take that percentage, multiply it by the number of workers within that space, and then multiply it by the price per uniform in order to get this um, sort of overall um, potential revenue that we could gain. Do we have any idea of the average number of uniforms that the workers have? Or are we going to assume that we just have one? No, I think that's a really good question. Um, tell, tell me what, what that gets us to if we have that, which is different than what we have right now. Sure. So in terms of um, the price per uniform and the number of workers, if we have workers that are buying more than one uniform, uh, yeah. especially depending on which space they work in, whether it's mining, transportation, agriculture, or forestry, that adds to the potential revenue since we would be increasing the volume of uniforms that are being sold. Uh, so this would kind of help give me an idea of, you know, again, where would be the right space to look into? Because maybe if one job um, requires more uniforms than another one, it might be a better space to pursue rather than chainsaw pants specifically for the agriculture and forestry industry. Seems reasonable. So we actually don't have the number that they own, but okay. I have the number that it might be more valuable to you. Sure. Um, we have the number that they buy per year on okay. average. Yep. And so mining buys eight, agriculture and forestry buys six, transportation buys four. Okay, perfect. So then that final number will also be multiplied by the number of uniforms. So it'll be workers times the number of uniforms um, times what percentage buys uniforms times that price should get me this um, overall potential revenue for that market specifically. Sounds good. Does that sound like a good plan? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to take a couple seconds to um, go through these calculations and get back to you with the numbers that I get. Is that okay? Just walk me through it live. Oh, sure. I can do that. Okay. So um, I've made a table sort of for myself that maps out all of these different numbers that you've given me. So I'm going to start with the mining industry and get this uh, total market market potential. So when looking at the um, mining, so first I want to get what population is buying uniforms. So we know that that's 75% of 200 um, or three or three quarters of 200. So I know that a quarter of 200 um, would be 50. And so three times that would be 150,000 workers. So now we know that they're buying eight uniforms um, a year. So we can do 150 times eight, which would be 1.2 million uniforms. I'm just writing all these numbers out on my paper. Um, And now I'll be multiplying that by $150, which is the price per unit. So let me do that really quick. All right, so that gets me to $1.8 billion for the mining industry. Does that sound right? Check your number one more time. Let's just make sure. Actually, why don't you just tell me how you did it on your paper? Okay, so so I did um, my... So I have my 75% of 200,000 is 150,000. Um, so that's my population of workers buying uniforms. And I know that they're buying eight uniforms per person. Um, so I did a, the 150,000 times eight, which I got yep. 1.2 million. Yep. So that's the number of uniforms. Um, and then I did the 1.2 million times the $150 per uniform. And got 1.8 billion. But here, let me check my math really quick. Just do that last step again. I just want to double check that. Sure. Let me do that. So 1.2 million. Sorry, that's $12.6 billion. Tell me how you did that without doing it on your paper, okay. just because I can't see what's happening on your paper. No, that's Can you just okay. talk me through what your actual steps are there doing that last calculation, the 1,200 times 150? Yeah, so I'm doing, um, I have it just written out like in terms of multiplications of my 1.2, and then I just put an M for million, um, and I'm doing times 150. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm just going through the multiplication. Uh, but I might have messed up a zero there. So let me just triple check my math really quick. Okay. Um, I also, I have a tip for you. Yeah. What if you did it times 100 and then um, added times 50? So what's 1,200 Sorry, times 100? Sorry, say again. What if you did oh. 1,200 times 100? Uh. Okay, so if I just did the 1.2 million times 100, um, I get 120 million. Yep. And, and then, then what now you're you... saying do 50 times the 1.2 million? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Let me do that. Okay. 
still doing 50 times 1.2. would be 60 million. Okay. So I get $180 million. I like that number better. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. So this is my potential revenue for, or my market size for the mining industry. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I'm going to do the same process for the agricultural and forestry. Yep. So ag and four. So we're getting 60% of 250,000. Um, so this would be let me see. I'm trying to get more of a fraction value for this to make this calculation a little bit easier. Sure. Um, so this would be about two thirds of 250,000. So we get that number, 250,000 times two thirds. That'd be about 166,000. And that's our number of uniforms, or sorry, that's our number of workers. And we know that they are buying six uniforms per person. So I'm going to do that really quick. And keep keep talking me through it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry. I'm just okay. sorry. I'm like writing my numbers on my paper. But I'm doing the 166,000 times six uniforms. And okay. I get 996,000. Um, so is it okay if I round that up to 1 million? Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So I'm going to say that there's about 1 million uniforms uh, and we're doing that price per uniform is $120. So I'm doing times $120, which means we'll have $120 million for our market size for the agriculture and forestry. Okay. Now I'm going to the same thing uh, for our final category, transportation. Okay. So I'm doing 80% of 100,000, which would be 80,000 workers. Uh, we're doing four uniforms uh, per person. So I'll do the 80,000 times four, which is going to give us 320,000 uniforms. And now I can do the price for uniform of $60 times my 320,000 um, uniforms. And so let me just get that number really quick. And so that will be $192 million for the transportation market size. That number sound correct? That seems a little high to me. What do you a think? A little high? Okay, sure. So let me take one look at this again. So I'm doing that 320,000, which is my number of uniforms times the $60 per uniform. Um, uh -huh. Perfect. Okay, just wanna make sure that I'm doing that part right. Okay, let me do that. And you said my 192 million seems a little high. I guess I just look at the numbers and it seems like, you know, there's fewer uniforms. It's a lower price point. It's a smaller market. It just sure, seems like sure. that does make sense. Um, okay. I see what you're saying. So hold on. Let me check my zeros one more time. Are you considering a career in consulting but don't know where to start? Go to our website at managementconsultant.com where you can get some free amazing tools to start learning yourself or connect with one of our expert coaches to guide you along the way. Managementconsulted.com. So then it would be $19.2 million. That makes more sense. Sorry, just up by one. <laughs> one zero, I mean. Okay. 
Um, perfect. So when we're looking at the market size for these different areas, uh, we have, it looks like our largest would be about $180 million for the mining industry, okay. uh, which currently is not actually where we're targeting with our chainsaw pants. Um, but the second largest would be that $120 million in agriculture and forestry, which is where we are pursuing. So if anything, I would say there could be a potential of transitioning into maybe um, a uniform for mining instead. Um, or if we want to continue pursuing agricultural and forestry, uh, then maybe just looking at how we could capture a lot of that market. Which one do you think would make the most sense based on these choices that we've got here? Sure. And what so, data would you want to validate it? Of course. So um, I think that since we see that the market for the mining is greater, I would want to transition into that area. Uh, the thing is that we do have this in-house design that could, might potentially already be designed for the chainsaw pants. So there could be an added cost onto that if now we have to develop this new one for mining. Do we have any potential um, numbers on either how much it costs to develop the current design so that we could sort of have an idea of what it might cost to develop a new one for the mining industry? We don't have that. Okay. Um, all right. So then another thing that I would want to look at then would be, um, what, uh, our potential market share could be if we stayed within the agricultural and forestry industry. Do we have any projection? I do have a little bit of data on that. Um, okay. we've got some data for the three segments about okay. what the fragmentation of the market is. Perfect. So I have the percentage that the top three competitors own of the market, the percentage okay. that the top 10 competitors own, and then the percentage that the top 100 competitors own. And so for mining, it's 62%, 88%, and 100%. So again, 62% top three down to 100% by the top 100. For ag and forestry, it's 21%. 43% and 56%. And then for transportation, it's 32%, 41% and 62%. Perfect. And you said that these numbers were for our top three competitors, top 10 and then top 100, correct? That's right. Yep. Mm. Okay, perfect. Um, so the first thing that kind of uh, pops out to me right now is that within the agricultural and forestry market, which we're pursuing, um, in terms of our top 100 competitors, that has the lowest uh, market share that's sort of been captured already, which means that there's some space for us to take over um, if that would be viable. So when I want to look into this, I want to understand what percentage has not been taken yet. And so what the sort of the value of that market could potentially be for us uh, when we if we were to capture 100 percent of that market that hasn't already been taken over. So when I want to look at this, we know that 56 percent of the market has been taken over by our top 100 customers. So I know that 44% um, sort of still sort of has some of this leeway where we could sort of enter. Does it sound like a good idea to um, sort of get this estimate on what our potential share of the market could be worth? 
Yeah, Megan, just walk me through your line of reasoning there. So, sure. um, so I just want to make sure that we're understanding what we're talking about. So, um, the, these numbers represent the percentage of the market that are captured by the mm-hmm. top 100 competitors. But I think we can basically mm-hmm. assume that the market is 100% captured in total. I don't think that these okay, numbers represent what... the open part of the market. Sure. Okay, I see what you're saying. You're just saying that of the top 100, they make up 56%. So anyone that's Correct. lower is taking up these other 44%. So there's there's there could be like, you know, another 1000 that are smaller that make up the rest of the market, for example. Okay, great. So then it looks like that means that there's a lot of sort of other variables that play into this. Um so of the top 3 competitors, Within this industry, we only have about 20% captured, which means that we're very fragmented in terms of the other players within this market. Um, So that means for us, at least, that if we have these major competitors only taking 20%, we could either buy out some of these sort of lower players within the market um, or partner with them to begin to sort of take that share uh, and sort of work our way up since there is so much space um, in terms of the size of the competitors and what they hold within the market. So do we have any numbers on uh, maybe some of these lower end uh, companies that are our competitors in terms of maybe what products they have in development uh, or even what percentage of the market that they have and how the revenues have been? I wish that I had that, but I don't. I do okay. have a little bit more data about the markets, but that isn't the data that I have. Okay. All right, so then um, other data that I would want about the market, uh, do we know how many competitors total there are within this agricultural and forestry space? We just know that there are probably at least 500. At least 500. Okay, wow. So that's a lot. And do we have, um, by any chance, an average market share of these competitors that are sort of the below our top 100? I don't. Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. Uh, just trying to get an idea of if we were to either merge with or acquire another company, realistically, how much more market, how market, how much market share we could gain. Totally. Um, okay. So then, since we have at least five hundred, um, I guess I could get sort of an average market share of the other ones by taking this forty-four percent. Um, and understanding that there's 500 companies across there that are taking this uh, other percentage. But so do we have any information on maybe strategy for acquiring other companies? That's something that High and Low has looked into, uh, or are we kind of just looking on into this development stage of these chainsaw pants? That's a good question. So you're thinking that maybe acquisition would be a good, good way to go? Uh, It could definitely be a potential uh, to sort of capture market share quick. Um, Although I think that there's sort of some other things that I want to think about um, in terms of specifically how viable that option would be before making that recommendation to use that as a way to gain market share in the area. What are some of those other things you'd want to look at? So some other things um, I would definitely want to understand maybe what are projected uh, numbers are for our both number of pants sold as well as what our potential pricing strategy is for that. Um, so that kind of gives me an idea of what sort of revenue we can generate on our own. Uh, but then also really understanding what costs are associated as well in development with these pants. Because I really want to know, you know, are we going to be profitable if we pursue this space? 
So do we have a potential pricing strategy for these pants? Any idea of kind of where our basis is for uh, if we were to launch this product? Again, you're asking good questions. I'm not saying that your questions aren't good. <laughs> that's okay. But I do have data that's not your questions. Okay. Um, however, it is related. So I, um, we, we don't know yet. We don't, we're not sure. that far along. Mm-hmm. Here's what we do have. We have margins, the average margins of the three industries, and we have okay. growth rates of okay. the industries. That'd be great. And so um, the margin on the mining um, industry is about 22% to us. Um, so there is a, we, we often sell these at retailers. So I'm ignoring the retailer margins. I'm just saying that okay. our margin, what our margin or what the, what the um, manufacturer's margins would be um, okay. in ag and forestry. It's about 16%. And for transportation, it's about 14%. Okay, great. Um, the growth rate for mining 3% for ag and forestry, 8% for transportation, 11%. Sorry, that 3% was for the mining, not the agriculture and forestry. Okay, sorry. That's right. Yep, 3% was for mining. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then it was 8% for agriculture, and then you said 11% for transportation? That's right. That's right. Mm. Okay, perfect. Um, Quick question coming from my chemistry background. Margin is definitely somewhere I still kind of struggle with and understanding. Could you kind of give me a little bit more background as to how this plays into which market we should pursue? Sure, totally. So mar- um, margin is basically just the percentage of profit that, that the manufacturer gets to take home. Okay. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, so then when looking at this, I want to understand where our greatest potential is in terms of returning a profit. Okay. Um, so when looking at the margin and the growth, I want to see within a certain period of time, um, which would have the greatest margin, because I would assume if they have the greatest margin, that would be the best place to pursue. So do we have any idea of how many target years we're looking at in terms of um, releasing this product? Yeah. So we want to know today because we could actually get it out within a year or we can get a a product into any one of these markets actually within a year. Okay. Um, Or um, the profit in two years is also interesting to us. So could you do both? Sure. I can definitely do that. So then when looking at this, I'm going to do a projection of what a margin looks like at one year, two years. I'm just setting up my table right now. So we know that in the mining industry, there's currently a margin of 22%. We'd be going three, growing 3%. Um, and so when looking at this, uh, 3% of 22 is going to be uh, 6.6, which means that in year one, our new margin would be 28.6%. And then is this growth um, 3% of sort of like this original margin number or when I get the cap, the, sorry, when I get the value for our margin for year one, would it be an added 3% on top of that for year two? Yeah, it's um, it's 3%. And actually, the um, you can go ahead and calculate the total profit number using the market sizes that we found earlier as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Um, is it okay if I get my percentages first and then move from there? Or would you like sure. me to do that step now? If, yeah, either way that you want to do that. Okay, I'm going to work through my percentages right now. And then I'll get sort of what that total value looks like after. Sounds good. Okay, perfect. Um, So then back to the 3%. Sorry, did you say that was added on to year one for year two? Or is it sort of just... Um, 
the the um, three percent is um, mm-hmm. yes, it's added on to so it's another three percent after year one. Okay, great. Um, so I'm going to round this twenty eight point six percent then to about thirty percent, and say that three um, percent of that would then be nine, so we'll get about thirty nine percent profit margin in year two. Uh, so now I'm going to move on to the agriculture and forestry industry. Um, so we're looking at 16% margin growth of 8%. Um, so if I'm looking at this, we're going to get 8% of 16, which would be, um, let me do that quick. So I know that 10% of 16 is going to be 1.6. And I know that it's going to be slightly under that. Um, So it's okay if I say that's 1.5. Sure. Sounds good. Okay, great. So we're going to do 16 plus 1.5 is going to be about 17.5%. And so I'm going to do sort of a similar estimation for year two. Say that 8% of 17.5 is going to be slightly under 1.75%. Um, so I'm going to do, let's say, uh, 1.5 added onto that. Sound good? Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Okay, great. Um, so that would be 19% or about 20% margin in year two. Okay. So now I'm doing the same thing for the transportation industry. We're doing 11%. Uh, which I'm going to say is around 10%. So we're doing about 10% of 14, which is 1.4. So now we'll get 15.4% in year one for a margin transportation. And then moving on to year two, 10% of that would be another 1.54. So then we'll get, it'll be really close to 17% margin. Okay, so now... I have my um, total revenue for each industry. So I'm just going to make a new table really quick so that I can sort of organize my numbers. Before you do any calculations, sure. the, what do you think the highest number is here? So when I'm looking at this, uh, I know that our greatest uh, potential revenue is within mining of $180 million dollars. And that also has the greatest profit margin within two years as well as one year. Uh, So this is still going to be the kind of have the greatest potential for us to move into. Um, But then it would be followed behind by the agriculture and forestry. Uh, So still mining looks like it would be the best means to kind of move into if we were to release a new product. Okay, so you don't have to do the calculation. Okay. Thank you for setting it up. <laughs> okay. um, however, I do need to wrap up the case because okay. the CEO has asked us for sure. a update. So can you give me an update on what you think about this initiative to release the chainsaw pants, whether you think there are any interesting alternatives or whether you think that we should move ahead with that initiative? Sure. So when I'm thinking about this, I guess my first recommendation would be not to release the chainsaw pants uh, and to move into a different market that we sort of identify as potentially moving into. Um, So my recommendation would to actually be look look into designing a uniform for the mining industry 
And this will be because the total market potential is about $180 million. And within year two, um, there's potentially a 39% profit margin, which is the largest of all three markets that we were looking into across mining, agriculture and forestry, and then transportation. Um, so I definitely think that maybe designing uniform there would be best, but that also means that there's another investment cost since we'd be changing the design. So I'd really want to understand sort of what added cost that's added onto us um, since we would be switching from our current design. Uh, and then if we were to, I guess, continue with the chainsaw pants, um, really understanding, you know, how we could price uh, our pants to basically make the most profit off of it. But really right now, I would want to look into transitioning into the mining industry um, and understanding how much of a cost burden that's going to put on us to make that switch now at this point. Amazing. Okay. Great. You can relax. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. That math was rough. Was... You said yeah. you wanted math, right? No, I know. I did. And I needed it. And this is why I really need to practice. All right, Megan, I'm going to give you some um, some recap. So we did that okay. in exactly 40 minutes, which is the, the length of time, you know, just depending on your interview, you'll have, you'll have 25 to 40 to kind of do the case in the first round. Okay. One of my main um, focus areas is just going to be on speed for a few of the things, mm -hmm. uh, because there are ways that I think you can speed up what you're doing okay, through perfect. drills or repetition. Um, and I'll, I'm just going to highlight a couple of them. First of all, I found you very nice. I thought you hit the nice factor um, for Deloitte. And, um, and I know that they would have seen that too. I just want to make sure that we don't have any kind of like glaring issues in terms of the, um, the you know, also, hey, this woman knows business too. So yes. that's what we're going to focus yeah. on. Um, in the beginning, you took a minute and a half to build a structure. I actually have no idea what you wrote down on your page. So I'm going to tell you what I wrote down. In your first category, um, I have four categories. Um, ag mm -hmm. and forestry, customer product and financials. In the first category, I wrote down five bullet points. In the second one, I wrote down six. In the third one, I wrote down three. And in the fourth one, I wrote down five. I think I'm wrong on all of them because you didn't actually <laughs> yeah. number any of them out loud. Am I wrong on all of them? I just, I just want to yeah, double check. Yeah, and I, I okay. so I numbered them in the beginning. One went to industry, two is customers, three was product, and four was financials. Yeah, totally. But then under yeah. them. Under oh, them, did under you write them. anything down? Oh, yes, I did. I had, um, so do you want me to go through what I had for them? Just the numbers, just the numbers of them. So I have, I had five things for ag and forestry industry, for example. How many did you have? So for the industry, um, I just wrote trends and similar products. I know I kind of like continued talking. Yeah. So that's, so added. that's one okay. of the things that I'm going to, we're, we're going to push on okay. for anybody who stays, um, after the feedback, we're going to just talk about that. Um, okay. and so we're, I, I'm actually going to walk you through like what, what we should do instead. And we're going to do it once or twice more so that, um, we can talk about that a little bit more clearly. I'll tell, I'll tell you okay. what I wrote down. Um, and maybe how we could make that into a better structure. And so okay. my, my key takeaway was it took you a minute and a half to walk through it on paper and three and a half to walk through it verbally. Two imbalanced. It needs to be two and two. Um, it okay. needs to be much crisper in the verbal delivery, which means you need more on your paper so that you can anchor to a better um, structure in the beginning. Okay. It wasn't that the concepts of the structure were wrong. It was just impossible to follow. And it wasn't anything that you therefore then did inside the case. So okay. it wasn't like well thought out enough that we could actually follow it into the case. Mm -hmm. So we'll come back to that in just a minute. All right. um, the second thing um, that I actually think would help a lot is that when you're doing math, 
you do the math waiting for the conclusions to come to you rather than telling me at the beginning what you think the conclusion is going to be. So I prompted you to do that in the third math piece. Mm-hmm. But what are we going to find? Oh, we're going to find that mining is the biggest profit. Great. That's what we're trying to do in the first place. So okay. getting the number only confirms that for us, but the insight, you can actually tell okay. me beforehand. And so I think you could have told me that in the beginning as well, right? That the numbers for mining were going to be the largest market as well as the largest profit. Um, and so it kind of keeping the insight at the forefront before you do your math is going to be helpful. Then okay. from a math mechanic standpoint, now for a lot of people, I don't tell them that this is what they need to work on, but it is for you. You need to work mm-hmm. on shortcuts um, and you need to talk through 100% of what you're doing and only write down the answers of each step, which means that you have okay. to, there, there's no multiplication allowed in your paper. That is a crutch for you and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so you actually got it wrong three times, three different times. You did the wrong math on your paper trying to get it right. And so okay. when you talk through it, you got it right. So I just want you to take that as a major takeaway from today that you need to talk through every step along the way. And then after the case, you need to go back through and figure out the shortcuts are. So for example, okay. um, the t- when you're doing the first one, um, the 200 times the 75 times the eight, right? Like um, the the 1200 that you got from, from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, the 150 times the eight, um, you did that one really easily and you did that one out loud. And then, but then the next one, the 1200 times the 150, where you were doing like, um, you know, or the 1.2 million times the 150, uh, it's always like times 100 plus times 50 um, mm-hmm. or times 100 times 1.5. So those okay. kind of shortcuts to make those numbers easier, anytime you can kind of get it back to 100 is awesome. Um, when you were taking the 60% haircut of the, um, of the next section, you made an error on that number and you were like, you tried to like round it and you got the wrong number, but, um, you know, 60% is 50% plus 10%. So 125 plus 25 is 150. Right. So those are the kinds of drills that you need to do, recognize, like kind of go back through. Um, and it's basically just like, how do you pull things apart without breaking the rules of math? Okay. Okay. So, um, right. So we can't, we can't like multiply 17 things together that aren't Mm -hmm. supposed to go together. You have to multiply and add them in the right orders. But, um, if you can, if you can do that and go back and drill it, it took you 12 minutes to do the first math problem should have taken five. So that will help you. Um, and that, that was for two reasons. One, you didn't get it right. So I had to do it again, Mm -hmm. which I wouldn't have had to inside the interview, but I wanted to in this case. Second of all, though, um, is that um, when you were doing it, you were doing it the longhand way. And so mm-hmm. the actual mechanics could have been faster. Okay. Um, so then once we got that insight, you know, I felt like you were doing a really good job of like, hey, I think mining is more interesting than ag. Um, than, than ag. I thought you did a good job with the recommendations. I thought the ending recommendation was really solid. Your total end recommendation was... Um, was a total of um, like a minute and 40 seconds textbook. Perfect. Right. And you pulled it together in a great way. And I gave you nothing that you wanted. And so that was (laughs) part of the case was for you just kind of flowing with it. So a lot of those things were there. Um, But I think if you flip around, right, insight first, calculation second, and if you can speed up your calculations, then inside the case, that's going to solve 80% of where I was losing confidence inside the case. Um, So I want to ask if you have any questions about that feedback before we go back to the structure. Um, I, I guess in terms of practicing, um, so what would be the best method of practice to improve that aspect? Math and then, um, redo it. So, so do the math and time yourself. And at five minutes you have to quit. 
So okay. if you don't get it done, you didn't do it fast enough. Um, and then okay. do, I would recommend doing each math problem three times. So whatever cases you've already done, mm -hmm. those are actually really good ones to go back on and just try to do them faster. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but it's, it's like, it's a little bit of math mechanics drills and it's a little bit of math, um, like applied drills. Okay. So we, and we actually, I, like, you know, I, I don't. I don't always pitch things for situations like this, but, but we, we do have a mental math course. It's $95 yeah. that has like all of that in there. So if you wanted to do that, um, then out of everything that we talked about, I think that would be like a worth the investment okay. for, um, from what we're talking about here. But again, if you want to kind of DIY, what you do is you go back through math, you do it for five minutes, you time yourself. And if you don't get it done, you go back and you do it again. And if you need to in between, like if you're getting frustrated and you're not getting better, then you go back through and you're like, okay, I'm going to give myself you know, 11 minutes to work through the entire thing okay. from beginning to end, make sure I get it right. And then I'm going to go back and figure out how to make it faster. So ideally you work on speed first. If you can just get there through that, that's great. If not, you have to work on accuracy first and then speed. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Hopefully that gives you kind of like a very clear pathway. That's the yes. Point. Yes, it does. <laughs> Good. Um, one of the things that, uh, so there are a couple of questions that are coming in that I want to address first, and then we're going to go back to the structure. Sure. So number one, um, at the end, when you were doing the multiplication times the margins, you also got that number wrong. Um, so the, the, like, make sure that you just are really clear on when you take 1% and 5% and 10% of something, because you did 22% and you said 3% of it was 6.6. Um, and it was 0.66 right? Because 1% was 0.22. Oh, yeah. Right. And so, um, so your number still, your, your takeaway, um, was, was pretty close. I think actually like mining, um, or ag when you did it that way, it wasn't, it wasn't the way that I did it, but ag is a little bit higher in terms of the growth rate. The profit was definitely higher for okay. the mining segment. So it didn't actually change your takeaway, but it did change, um, the, the numbers for that, but yeah, um, okay. anybody who was doing that, it was just multiplication. So it was just like market size times one plus the growth rate raised to the second times the margin. And so you could do margin times that growth rate, or you could do market times that growth rate. And so if anybody was confused about which one you needed to do first, you could have done either. So the way that you did it, Megan, wasn't wrong. Um, it was just mm -hmm. that that one calculation was off the other ones. Okay. Were fine. Um, and then um, the final thing that I wanted to say, um, somebody also asked, is there a right or a wrong recommendation? So I actually uh, intentionally wrote this case so that it could be either, um, it, it's not transportation. It doesn't make sense. It's too small. It's not, you know, not the, the growth rate isn't there. The, the repetitiveness of the purchases aren't there. It's not transportation. But between mining and ag and forestry, I actually left it a little open because mining could be really hard to enter. It's very, very um, consolidated versus the fragmentation of the ag and forestry market. And so I wrote it so that somebody could defend either one. What I liked about Megan's conclusion is that she defended one very clearly. Um, and so I liked that. I liked that she backed that up with numbers. Um, that for me was what made it a very good recommendation. Not the fact that she chose the right one because there were actually two optional choices for the answer. Okay, awesome. So um, Megan, any final questions for me before we go back to that structure? Uh, no. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to do a quick structure workshop. So um, we're going to use Megan's structure. So Megan, agriculture and forestry industry, right? That was actually the first thing that we looked at. And we didn't just look at that when we looked at all three. Um, mm -hmm. And in the beginning of the case, you don't necessarily have to, to make the decision on chainsaw, but if we're trying to grow, maybe that would have made sense. So maybe we just okay. broaden that to, in, you know, industry. Um, second one is customer. Okay. 
Um, and, and so, um, we're going to talk about how to, we didn't actually use that number inside the, um, case, but we, we're going to talk about how to kind of like really make that super clear product, um, and then financials, right? So those are the four. So I want everybody to use these when we're doing the structure workshop. Um, so Megan, what I want you to do now is read out to me exactly what you wrote on your paper. Nothing more. Okay, sure. So under industry, I had trends, similar products. Uh, I know that in the sort of workshop that you did with us, um, yeah. you look for specific numbers. And I guess I still kind of struggled with that. Great. That's um, where we're going to get so, to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's, I think that I write down more so ideas than try to get from numbers exactly. from there. And that's yep. why I talk too much. But right. okay. So in customers, I had who uh, channels slash how to reach. Great. For, so who, just, oh wait, sorry, sorry. So what, bullet one is who, bullet and two is channels. channels slash how to reach, like channels and distribution. Okay. Um, okay, awesome. Mm. Then under product, I had benefit, and then two was pricing strategy. And then under financials, I just had initial investment. I didn't have another bullet point for that one. Okay, awesome. Great. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give everybody, you, you guys have now what she had on her paper. Here's your mission. Underneath each one of these things, I want you to think about the big thing that you want to calculate. So Megan, what's going to make it easier is if you start at the end. All right. Okay. So, uh, so we're going to talk about one area in each one of them, and I'm going to give you two minutes to go rebuild the structure. So okay. for the industry, what are you looking for? What's one metric that you're looking for inside the industry? Uh, market size. Great. Okay. And so... What you did inside the case was you had, what you had to do was you had to work through all of the factors that you needed for that. Mm -hmm. Do it right here. Okay. 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 Put those in here so that it's like, I want to know how many employees there are in each one of the sectors or even okay. you know, if you were just doing it for ag and forestry, right? How many employees there are, what percentage of them um, use um, uniforms or would be interested in chainsaw pants, whatever that is. But okay. I, I don't really care what this solves for because you don't know what all the data is that you're going to get. I care that it's very clear and that you could use it to run the math. That's okay. what I care about here. Okay. okay. Then um, the second one for the customer, give me a number for that one. What do you want to, what do you want to calculate? Uh, so I guess this would kind of be less messy because I think the industry and customers kind of overlap. Um, because I think the customer customers, that's really where I was looking for, like the number of, uh, employees within that industry. Um, so then when I'm going back to customers, I guess I'm trying to figure out in terms of the numbers, how I can make that different than what I was looking for in industry. The one thing we don't have in here is anything around competitors. So what if we use the customer bucket to talk about competitors, Okay. right? Which competitors are they currently buying from? what, you know, the percentage of purchases okay. through different channels, like e-commerce, you know, et cetera, okay. right? Um, maybe you put the market size to be volume and you do the price point here. It's, you know, it's possible that you could do that, okay. right? So what is their, what is their willingness to pay? You could put it in either place. So you're right. It wouldn't be me see if we do the same things, but I do think there is something that we can look at from the customer okay. standpoint here. Okay. So, okay. and basically you, what you're trying to get to there is market is one thing, who we get as our customers is a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. So really you're trying to get market share, I think, in the customer piece. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm. Sure. So what do we have to get? We have to get our potential revenue, which is different than the total market. Okay. Okay, great. What about the third one, product? Okay, so um, 
I sort of moved a little bit ahead trying to think of the pricing strategy. Uh, so would that could potentially you be said, something you, that you were I like asked. pricing strategy, but 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 what are but we going to calculate? That, what are we calculating here? We're calculating what the cost, uh, or at least what the price of the pants would be, or the uniform if we're trying to change our design from the chainsaw pants. Great. So we're looking at the price, our price point. We're looking mm-hmm. at the cost per unit. Yep. And we're looking at the, um, at also like, and this is one of those things where you would have like those two and then underneath those Mm -hmm. as like a baby piece on the issue tree, you'd have those separately, but you'd also want to look at the margin. That's how we got margin. Okay. You know, before when we did it, right? So the price per unit, the cost per unit and the margin. Okay. Great. And then financials. Hmm. What are we going to do for financials? Um, I had initial investment was one thing I wanted to look at. Great. And so you're thinking of that as a one-time cost, right? How to... So like um, R&D, when, when it comes to just the initial development before like product launch. Great. Um, and so, and what else then? Um, so then another thing, again, I'm trying to separate it from products. So I don't necessarily want to go into the cost of making the product, um, yep. but maybe the added cost to the company of adding a new product. Great. So like um, any kind of um, capacity increase or something yeah. like that, that they have, yeah. they'd have to, right? Okay. They have to buy yeah. a new machine or something like that. And the cost of a capacity increase. And then there's probably one more thing, um, maybe like a, a, you know, additional marketing cost or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This, the, the one before was assuming that a customer just like magically appears and buys yes. this, but <laughs> we know that. Um, there's so, so, so really basically we've got like one time and ongoing fixed costs is in that final category. Okay. And you could call it financials. You could call it investment. You could call it something like that. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so I like this. Uh, so what I wrote down was that the four things were market size, market share, margin, and, um, and, um, fixed costs. And I like that because that seems really linear, very easy to collect data to and less conceptual than what we were talking about before. So now okay. I'm going to give you two minutes to rewrite what data you need to calculate those things um, okay. inside your categories. And then I'm going to have you represent it. Okay. And I want everybody to go through this exercise that's on the call. Okay. I'm going to set a two minute timer. Go for it.
You have 38 seconds left, so keep going. Add, 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 add. That's time. So Megan okay. volunteered, so she gets all the coaching. Anybody who wants to send us your structure, even if you if you go through it again and kind of redo it, not necessarily exactly like this, but a little bit differently, you can send it to us by email. Jape, if you can put your email into the chat bar. But Megan, before you present it, because I want to um, just do one more thing on the presentation before we sign off. Um, okay. What I want you to do is to just reflect on the order. If you're happy with the order that you put them in, you can deliver them in that order. But you need to deliver them in what you think the order of importance is for a Deloitte or a BCG or mm -hmm. any kind of case where you're going to be in charge so that it's not like, let's look at all this potential <laughs> fluff, you know, and then finally get into the data in like bucket three, right? So so I'm happy with the order, but if you, I, I, I want you to basically present in whatever you believe is convicted, you know, your, okay. your kind of convicted order. Then the final um, thing is that when you are telling me the numbers, I, I need you to anchor me in what's on your paper. So I, um, so I need you to add, like data point one is. Okay. Say the word and then explain. As then to make why sure before, yeah, and I, so I'm going to taser you if you don't do that, and I think you're moving on to the next thing, okay? <laughs> um, okay. So, so um, to keep you honest, I want you to tell me how many, what the number of data points are in each of your categories to start with. Okay. Do you want me to do that now before I present? Yeah, I want you to tell me before you present, because I'm going to see if I think that you're telling me seven, but you're actually only trying to tell me three. Hmm. Okay. So, um, under the industry or market size, I had four. Right. Um, under the market share, I had, um, two. Okay. And then under products, I had three. Yep. And under my, um, financials, I had two. Great. Okay. Now you can report it out. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to give you a two minute timer for this one. And I'm going to cut you off if you don't finish within the two minutes. Okay. So you're focusing on like punctuation, right? So like, okay. here's number one, here's why. Here's number two, here's why. Okay. So when looking into uh, which market we should pursue, I want to look into four major areas. The first would be the industry or market size specifically. Great. Two would be what our potential market share could be. Uh, three would be more of a cost analysis uh, or the financial side of things. And then number four would be our product specifically. So when looking at our market size, um, I really want to understand how many workers there are across these uh, three data point one. areas. Sorry, data point one would be um, the number of workers across these three different industries. Uh, the number data point two would be the percentage of these workers that utilize uniforms in their job. Uh, data point three would be the number of uniforms that each worker um, buys per year or has to own for their job. And then number four would be what the average cost of those uniforms are. 
Then moving into um, our market share, I want to understand or data point one would be how many competitors there are within the space across all, all three industries. Um, data point two would be the percent market share that's taken by our competitors to kind of understand we can, where we can move into that space. And then moving into my financial side of things, um, the first data point I want to know is what this fixed investment cost is going to be when releasing these this product. Um, and then number two would be the cost of sort of this new composition or uh, structure change to our department, whether this includes sort of our marketing uh, or labor costs or maybe the utilities for manufacturing. And then finally, uh, when moving into the products, I want to, the first data point I want is to understand what we're thinking of our price point for the pants will be. Um, data point two will be our cost of manufacturing. And then um, data point three will be our potential margin. I just realized that I didn't explain why I wanted those. That's okay. That was two minutes. <laughs> okay. That was two minutes. So I'm still so talking too much. It, 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 just a little bit. Um, and I also okay. tasered you at the beginning. But that, how did that feel when you were doing that version of the structure versus the last one? Just a lot more concise and like directed in terms of where I want to take the conversation. Exactly. The because rambling. The, the la I mean, when you, so, so this is kind of just to illustrate the difference between using con concepts and data yeah. inside the structure, right? Cause before you were like, I want to look at who it is. And mm -hmm. it's like, wait a second. Then we have to go back when we're inside the case and figure out what that means. If you had okay. used this structure, we would have been like market size go. And okay. you know, and you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't necessarily have had these four things. They wouldn't have always lined up with exactly what I have inside the case, mm -hmm. but I would have, within 30 seconds been able to deliver the data to you rather than having the three minute conversation about what this looks like inside okay. the the case. So it makes your whole case faster, not just more clear at the beginning as well. Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Awesome. And so what I would do now, the final step, which we don't need to do on the call um, because you've had enough fun, I would say, <laughs> but uh, for one day um, is, is uh, what I would do is I would actually go back if you want to tweak anything um, and then redo the delivery. So okay. um, you, were, you were kind of catching yourself as you were going through the delivery, as you mm -hmm. were trying to paragraph the whole thing. Um, so keep bullet pointing it, keep making it super explicit and practice that delivery with a timer so that you're like, dang it, that was, you know, three and a half minutes. I need to make it okay. crisper, clearer. Um, and if it's getting, um, usually what I find is that if people do a really good job of writing down in two minutes, they do a good job of delivering in two minutes if you've practiced okay. both. All right. Perfect. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, amazing. So Megan, I've got, I, I'm going to leave the last seven minutes for other people to um, ask questions, but I just want to say one more big thank you to you for of course. Uh, taking the courage to come on the call and hope you got a lot of, out of it today. I did. Thank you so much for the feedback. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can get access to upcoming episodes first. In addition, we would love to have you as a guest on the podcast. If you're interested in becoming a case interviewee, please email us at team at managementconsulted.com. Finally, we have lots of great resources if you're practicing for cases or if you're interested in corporate training. You can find us on the web at managementconsulted.com. Thanks so much for joining today, and we hope to see you back on a future episode.